Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we're going to be talking about how to overcome those top sales objections. We're going to be doing something a little bit different this time and giving you guys some live role play. So you'll be seeing me with my imaginary phone here and actually calling up Charlotte and Anthony, and we're going to be tackling these objections live. As always, I'd love to know where are you guys tuning in from? Let me know in the chat. Throw it in there. I love to see some of these. We're usually worldwide. Be sure your chat is switched to everyone. I can't see what you write if it's not in everyone. So click that blue bubble in your chat and switch it over to everyone. Now, I'm already seeing a couple people pouring in here. Seeing Tristan from Austin. I see Jordan here from San Diego. Just talking about this place. Lovely place, San Diego. Fantastic. And we got Brad here from Sacramento. Love to have you guys all in here. Welcome. Let's get into this. Now, today we have two incredible speakers. We have Charlotte Lloyd. She is a sales director over at Investment Monitor. And we also have Anthony Natoli. He's a manager of sales development over at QA Wolf. Now, Anthony, when it comes to sales objections, what do you think reps are missing the most? Yeah. So easy answer for me. I think it's empathy and understanding. You know, when we're on the phone or even when we get an email, our immediate reaction is to try to convince that person why they shouldn't have this objection. Um, and that only causes the prospect to put their their walls up and get super defensive. Um, instead, I coach my SDRs to have empathy and understanding to find out what's the real reason behind that objection and why they're saying that in the first place. Empathy is one of the biggest things you can do. And I want to know from our audience, throw it in the chat. What's the main thing you guys struggle with when it comes to objections? Is it not knowing what to say? Are you just kind of fumbling with the words? Let me know. Just throw it in the chat. We'd love to see some of these. Now, Charlotte, how about yourself? What is one thing you think reps are missing out on when it comes to objections? Yeah, great question. So I think what the reps are missing out on is like what Anthony was saying, there's a lack of empathy sometimes and understanding. They just want to do their pitch and try to overcome the objection and or they end up getting into a fight with the prospect trying to overcome the objection. So things like labeling and mirroring, really good techniques. Sometimes I feel that on a cold call, reps might not use these kind of techniques, labeling how the prospect's feeling, again, showing that they're listening, that they're understanding and that they're empathizing. All right. This is very important points and we're going to cover this in so much more. But before we get into it, if you guys are looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help. We have this show daily. Yes, daily. So be sure to scan this QR code or visit us at sellbetter.xyz and you can grab over hundreds of additional resources from the top sales professional in the industry right now. So be sure to check us out. I'm going to drop the link in the chat as well and see what it is all about. Now, of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So special shout out to Attention and Outreach. You guys haven't checked out these tools. They're incredible. Outreach is one of the best ways that you can reach out to your prospects, conduct outreach, and actually get in front of them and see what your messaging is all about. And Attention, if you guys have 
haven't checked out this tool, it is one of the newest and greatest in the market. If you guys have a live demo, it is able to use AI to give you immediate statistics on what is being said, categorize it, and write it out for you. So your pre-call or after-call notes are going to be ready and done for you. Along with this, we want to show you guys what they're all about. So I'm going to drop a link in the chat so you can check out a demo. One of the best features that they have is it'll give you live battle cards. So we've been there, you're on a demo, get an objection, like, why should I pick you over X competitor? Attention will actually populate the battle card right in front of you immediately because it is analyzing the conversation live and show you what your product has over your competitor. Imagine that. The objections are already handled for you right in front of your eyes. All you got to do is pick out one of those points and say it live. So be sure to check it out. A very powerful and an incredible tool. Now, what are we going to be covering today? But before I get into this, I want to know who is in the room. This helps tailor our conversations. So if we have SDRs, I'm going to say, hey, Charlotte, what is one thing that SDRs can do about X objection? If we have more senior leadership, I'm going to ask Anthony, hey, Anthony, I'm seeing this objections coming up a lot with our senior leaders. What can they do to better prepare their reps? So let me know who is in the room. This helps tailor the conversation, everyone. So be sure to engage with this combo. So we're going to be covering a five objections. So the five most common objections, and we're going to give you a live breakdown, basically just an overview, and you're going to see it in a live call. And we're also going to give you guys a proven framework that helps handle these objections. And lastly, those key strategies that you can trust with your prospect after the objection. So how to build trust afterward. Now, I'm seeing here that we have about 58% SDRs, about 23% AEs, and 7 to 8% are senior leadership or frontline managers. Charlotte, does this surprise you at all? Uh, no, doesn't. Um, I think, yeah, good turnout. I think as well, one of the messages I want to say to some of the SDRs and BDRs who are here, when you get an objection as well, don't panic. You know, we're in an economic downturn, uh, officially, unofficially. Uh, so the key message I've got for people here is don't panic, listen, acknowledge the objection, empathize, and then respond. Love it. That brings us perfectly to our next point. So you need to have a framework. You're going to be tackling objections. You don't want to go in empty handed or just kind of scramble for an answer. One of the best things you can do is actually have a framework. Now, one of the best ones is the Lear framework or listen, acknowledge, empathize, and respond. Anthony, you mentioned to me that you, you've used this in the past. Why has it helped you? Yeah, this has helped me, you know, when I was an SDR in, and especially when I was an AE, I think like getting an objection on a cold call or on a demo or on a discovery call, it's all very similar. Um, and the reality is like humans just want to be heard and understood. So if you don't do that when they tell you something, it's not going to turn out in your favor, right? Um, if I tell you something and how I feel and I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I'm, I don't have budget or I'm not interested, it's your job to really hear them and understand them. And then once you understand what that actually means, that's when you can respond. Um, if you try to uh, pitch them or tell them uh, why they shouldn't feel that way before hearing and understanding them and acknowledging them, then they're just going to be pissed and hang up on more than likely. This makes perfect sense. You want to make sure that they're actually heard. And one of the best ways to do that is to implement this. Now, 
Charlotte, how about yourself when it comes to the Lear framework? Uh, how have you used it in practice? Yeah, so no, great question. Uh, echoing what Anthony says here as well is that your prospects want to be listened to. They're used to salespeople not listening to them sometimes, you know, and coming on uh, and trying to combat an objection, which is what you don't want to happen, right? You don't want to get into a fight with your prospect. Uh, so, yeah, you know, right now it's really key because they're getting bombarded with sales calls and you've got to stand out and show that you're a little bit different. And also don't be afraid to call out the objection as well. You know, if they're trying to um, throw you off the phone, call it out. And this is something that I think a lot of reps, perhaps less experienced reps might not want to do. Say, look, um, you want me to send some more information? Typically, you know, when I get this, when I hear this, it usually means you want to get me off the phone. Is that what's happening here? So make a joke of it. Try and make it fun, okay? Because cold calling, if you're on a cold call, you're getting objections, it's hard, right? Prospecting can be hard. So what I would say to people is don't panic, relax, make your prospect laugh. Hey, I like that. You want to make sure that you can actually make them laugh. Get It's a conversation at the end of the day. You got to be human and get that out of them. Now, I want to know from our audience, what framework are you guys currently using? Are you using the ARC method, which is acknowledge, respond, and then close? Maybe the LEAR framework where you listen, acknowledge, empathize, and respond. Or maybe you're using the four Ps. I know you've heard of these. Personalize, you got to perceive value, performance, and then show proof. Now, I'd love to hear one of these. If you don't use any of them, let me know in the chat. What else are you guys using? Would love to hear it from you all. So important to have a framework, really guide the conversation and help you go through the motions. Now, here is where we are going to get into the bread and butter of the conversation. We're going to show you all how to do these live objections. Uh, and we're going to just get into it right now live. So the first one's going to be send me more info. Let's say I got my imaginary phone here and I'm calling up Anthony. So Anthony, I'm going to ring you. All right. You're ringing me. You're calling. So ring, ring and say, hello. Hello. Hi, who's this? Hey, Adrian, this is Anthony uh, with Outreach. How's your Thursday going? It's going pretty well. Uh, Anthony, uh, did we have a time schedule? No. Hey, listen, Adrian, I know I'm calling you out of the blue. Mind if I share why? Sure. So I, I noticed you had about 15 BDRs uh, and teams that I usually speak with are either using some kind of sales engagement tool or a manual prospect for their outbound prospecting. Uh, if I'm not overstepping, how are your BDRs generating new meetings right now? They're, they're doing pretty well. Maybe could be better, but hey, I got to go. Could you just send me more info about what you've got? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Usually when I when I hear that, uh, people are just trying to get me off the phone. Typically, I either I either miss the mark or you're already you're already solving this problem today. Okay, Anthony, you got me. I am trying to get you off the phone. So <laughs> let's have a quick convo. I do have extra time later in the week. Uh, how about we talk later then? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sounds good. How's uh, 3 p.m. next Tuesday? Sounds great to me. I love it. I like how you were able to totally get over that objection by just stating it outright, similar to how Charlotte said earlier. Uh, it's very important there. Now, Charlotte, let's see what you got for this one. So we're going to go ahead and ring you up. So ring, ring. Hello? Hi, Adrian. Uh, this is Charlotte from Investment Monitor. Uh, this is a cold call. 
Uh, so you can decide if you want to hang up on me now or give me a few moments to explain why I'm calling. Well, since you put it that way, I'm already on the phone. So what's up, Charlie? I'm just curious, what's your take, Adrian, on outsourcing lead gen versus doing it in-house? You know, we do a pretty good process in-house, so I'm not really looking for anything right now. Okay, it sounds like you've got something that a solution that works really well. Can you tell me one or two things that you really like about it? Yeah, you know, it, it works well because we get our leads, we're closing, so I'm pretty happy about it. Hey, hey, Charlotte, you know, I got to go. How about you just send me some more info so that way I can analyze this more carefully when I have some more time? Uh, sure, I'd be happy to do that. But before I send you that info, Adrian, we obviously haven't started the call. <laughs> tell me, what is it exactly that you would like to see? Oh, now that you mention it, I would love to know more about how you're able to get us leads and I can analyze them live and get more information. Okay, Adrian. So if I send you this, typically execs like you, they like to see, um, they like me to take them through it. So I'm going to suggest that we book a call. How's tomorrow at 2 p.m.? We've got a bit more time. I can take you through the exact information that you want to see. You know, that works for me. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. I love this. So one of the most uh, powerful things you did there that I really enjoyed is that you said, you know, what would you like to see in this information when when I send it to you? Because then it puts me on the spot like, oh, snap, I actually need to give you more about what I actually care about. Correct. Yeah. So you, you're forcing the prospect there to really think about what it is that, you know, potentially that they might want to see. Um, again, if it pops up very early in the call, I'd probably go with something like what Anthony responded, which was, you know, to calling out the fact that this potentially is a brush off as well. So I like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One one thing I wanted to add, let's just say you don't they don't you don't get to explain why you're calling and they're just like, Hey, can you just send me more info? I've been running into a beating. And yeah. you can you can say something like, Hey, before I send you a random email, mind if I share why I was reaching out to you in the first place to see if an email would even be relevant. Right. Because you're kind of forcing them to be like, all right, good point. Uh, I'm probably just telling you that to get you off the phone. And then you may have an opportunity to explain why you're calling. So good point. Good point. And, and I actually can acquaint this to uh, what Mark said here in the chat. He said, not all calls go this way. Very true. I want to see someone who has a dis D personality. How do you handle that? I'm thinking he's saying more like a dismissive, someone who's immediately trying to get you off the phone. So, According to what Mark's saying, you know, the send me more information, Anthony, you just mentioned that it's going to be a brush off. How about for those prospects who are more aggressive? They're just immediately going to dismiss you right off the bat of the call. What do you like to do? I like to use, like, I like to follow my sword and be like, hey, listen, Mark, it sounds like I called you at the worst time possible. And then I shut up. Empathize with them, right? Like, obviously this person hates getting cold calls. You can say something like, Mark, sounds like you hate getting cold calls as much as I hate making them on a random Thursday. Mm -hmm. I like that, really empathizing with them and, and making it more human and, and getting to the core. Uh, so that way you can transition to a more favorable position. Uh, that is very important. And Charlotte, what do you like to do when they immediately brush you off? So I like to usually call it out and say, you know, this is a... Uh, like call out the fact that it's a brush off and you know typically w when i speak to execs like you 
when they're saying that send me more, more information, it usually means that they just want to get me off the call. Is that what's happening here? And again, make it make it fun. Don't make it sound pressured. Make a joke of it. You want to laugh when you're on a cold call. Great. And when you do, when it does come time to actually send them more information, right? Because let's say you did the whole positioning of, okay, what would you like to see in that? What would that email look like? Anthony, is there a way you like to structure that email so when you do send it, it has a chance for another call? Yeah, I think I think it's also important to uncover like who handles the, like if you're calling like a CRO, they're probably not responsible for the sales engagement tool unless you're at, like talking to, like a 50 person company. You want to come prepared with information and say, "Hey, when I send you this email, should I copy Adrian, who I know is leading your sales development team as well? Do you think that would be relevant for them? Because more than likely, that CRO is going to either trash it or forward it to them anyway. Um, and so you want to really uncover like hey, are they responsible for this or are they overseeing the overarching like goal that the tool is helping with? Um, and then from there, you want to, number one, recap the reason you are reaching out, right? Like what's your observation about that person or the company that made you to reach out in the first place, right? So going back to my example, I was reaching out because I saw they had 15 BDRs, right? So I would mention that in my email. Hey, I was reaching out because I saw you had 15 BDRs. We're working with a lot of teams that are doing outbound prospecting. These are the three main things I'm hearing right now. These are the three ways we solve it. Um, and here's like a similar customer to you that we've helped. Um, and then talking about like the outcome you discussed on that call. Were they going to forward it along? Were they going to read it? Were you going to call them back? You know, uh, if they said, call me back tomorrow at 2 p.m., you'll say, if I don't hear back from you, I'm going to call you at 2 p.m. tomorrow. So they know your call is coming. Right. So they're more likely to respond to that email. I like how you just say it straightforward. Like, hey, I'm going to call you. So be ready for this. And if you don't answer, I'm just going to keep on messaging you. So something's going to populate from this. <laughs> yeah. And it shows that you're, it shows that you're a sales professional and that you, uh, you are, you have conviction that you can actually help them. All right. Now, I'm seeing here from the question we asked earlier that about 53% like to use this Lear framework, um, about 18% use more of the ARC framework, and 14% use the P's. But one thing I've noticed that all of these have in common is they have a personalizing or empathizing portion of it. You want to acknowledge them. Now, Charlotte, when it comes to all objections, why is that the most important key there that you're actually acknowledging what they said instead of just being like okay yeah you got this objection but look this is what i'm trying to do for you advertising you know to making them feel heard so you want to make them feel heard you might even want to repeat back with a question not interested not interested not interested and then wait for the response and i think that's where i see a lot of reps that have difficulty with that because they just want to sometimes over talk um the prospect. So it's really making, acknowledging it, saying, oh, saying, totally get it, completely understand. Um, and then, you know, that, that empathizing with them there and then asking them a question. So you want to then move on to a question and make them feel right. heard. Okay. Make them feel heard. Very important. And you want to keep asking those questions with the persistence, right? Persistency yeah. is key. As uh, as Nadika said here in the chat, it is the main thing that's going to drive those conversations is you're persistent. You can't just give up on the first objection. Speaking of which, I want to know from our audience, what is the most common objection you guys are encountering today? Is it not interested? We don't have the budget 
already used a competitor or is it something completely different? And if it is, just let me know in the chat and we can break these down more towards the end of our show today. Now, the next question is going to be, I am not interested. I know I've gotten this one so many times when I was making cold calls. It is the biggest brush off. So let's get right into it. So Anthony, I'm going to call you up. Ring, ring. Hello? Hey, Adrian, this is Anthony with Outreach. How's your Thursday going? Hey, Anthony, I'm actually really busy right now. So so what's up? Hey, listen, yeah, I know I'm calling you out of the blue. We've never spoke before. Uh, mind if I share I was calling you specifically? Look, man, I'm not interested. I, I got to go. Uh, this is, I, I wasn't expecting a cold call. Yeah, totally. Uh, understood. Not interested in what exactly? Uh, I'm just not interested in what you might be selling because I wasn't expecting a call. Yeah, sounds like I called you at the worst time possible. It is a kind of a bad time. Uh, better time if uh, that I reach out? You know what? If you call me tomorrow, I, I should have some time available. Cool. And and just real quick, before I reach out again and, and potentially waste your time, mind if I share real quick why I was calling you specifically to see if it even makes sense for me to call you back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I'm really busy, uh, but what what is it that you got? And that, yeah, then I would go and yeah. All right. Okay. Now I really liked how you just kept trying, right? You just kept nicking at it. Like, okay, I get it. You're, you're not interested, but why, why are you not interested? You kept digging in deeper. Now, Anthony, have you found that when you ask those questions, they don't just hang up on you right away? Cause I think this is something that most people are saying, like, that's not how that would go as Megan is saying here in the chat. Yeah, if they say they're not interested, uh, once I ask like not interested in what exactly, I usually get some kind of answer. Um, now, usually I probably wouldn't try to push again. I would probably say, I'll call you back or it may send you an email and I'll just try to call them back again. Um, when I usually get not interested, it's after I pitch and my response, and that's typically when I hear not interested is like, all right, what do you got? And then I tell them. Um, and so for that, I would say like, Hey, if I'm not overstepping is, are you not interested because you have a solution for this already? Or is my timing just way off? So I like to kind of give them a menu and an out to tell me what's actually going on because not interested, you know, twofold. Number one, I didn't even tell you why I was calling yet. So what are you not interested in? Do you just hate getting cold calls? Um, do you think I'm just a random salesperson? So that's what you're trying to say there. Um, and then if they say they're not interested after the pitch, which is typically more common, you want to understand why they're not interested. Hey, got it. When I hear that, it's usually because you have a solution in place or uh, my timing is just horrible. Which of which is which of those are are true for you? Um, so yeah, like probably not going to go as smooth as it just went if they are like telling you they're not interested without you explaining why they're calling. And in that case, you probably just want to like, you know, chalk it up as an L and and try and try them again a different time. Right. Now, everyone, we are giving you guys just an example of what could happen. Obviously, we're doing more of an easier way of going about this uh, so that you understand if the conversation did go in your favor, what do you say next? A lot of times I've been on the cold calls. I understand as soon as you say not interested, it's very hard to keep chipping away, but it can happen, right? There are instances where it could, does go in your way on the call. And as Anthony mentioned, he did give the one or two option. Basically, if you give him just two options, is it because of X or is it because of Y? That makes it much easier for someone to just say, 
okay, it's this, then that, right? Because people love proving you, love correcting, <laughs> love correcting others. So that can make it a lot easier. Now, Charlotte, let's say that you got the not interested later in the call. So let's say we've been we've been already chatting, right? You've already broken through me with the opener, and now you've made your pitch. And I'm going to tell you I'm not interested. So let's say we're on a call right now, and I'm just going to say this. Hey, Charlotte, listen, I'm hearing you out, but I don't think your product's right for me. I'm not interested. Uh, appreciate that, Adrian. It seems like, from what you're saying, that you may have solved this problem already. Well, we haven't entirely solved it, but uh, look, it's just not the right fit. It's not the right fit. Okay, totally get it. Um, so seems like what you've got in place is working really well for you then. It's, it's working. It's working. Uh, but Hey, look, I got to run. Uh, this isn't really the right fit. Like I said, we do have a similar solution in place and I'm just not interested in what yours might offer. Okay. Adrian, before we hang up, can you tell me two specific things about the solution that you have in place that you really like? Fantastic that you've got a solution in place, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, Look, uh, it does the job and my reps already know how to use it. So I'm not interested. That's fantastic. Typically, Adrian, when I speak to marketing leaders like you, they always want to stay ahead of the curve in the competition. So, um, you know, they like to know what's out there. Um, so typically, you know, what we could do is schedule another call when I'm not cold calling you out blue and I can take you through just two or three things and show you how we've solved um, or show you what our technology can do so that, you know, when you're ready to look at this, um, when you're, you know, in, in, a, in a different, um, when you're ready to look at this and when your team's ready to look at this in the future, then you'll, it's not me cramming this in on you um, in three or four months time down the line. So how about it? We speak tomorrow at two. All right. I'll tell you what, send me an email. I got to go, uh, but I'm interested all right, I'm interested in hearing what you got to say now. So just send me an email and we'll schedule that call. Great. And that's that. Now, I like Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I just want to I just want to say like objections are very very hard. Uh yeah, of course you would have hung up on her. Uh and it's even it's even harder when you're like on a live recording in front of 200 people. So Charlotte, good job there. That's not easy not an easy thing to do. Oh yeah, and I was saying um, in the middle of that, you sort of you. Um, I was saying when you're in a different situation, or when you're ready to consider this, um, you know, when you've further down the line with your new tool, I'm not going to be cramming this in on you uh, when you are ready to look at this in the future. Very true, and like uh, Carrie said here, it does make you human. Just to basically point out, look, you're busy. I'm busy. I, I get it. You know, you're you're doing that empathy portion. And you're you're keeping it forward, and I think that was one of the key met points there. And I also like how you pointed out, hey, what is it that you're already doing that you like that makes me not interested, right? Like makes you not interested in what I have to offer. Uh, that helps get more information. Now, what questions do you like to ask, Charlotte, that get those additional pieces of information out of your prospect when they tell you something like not interested? Yeah. So I like to, when it's later on in the call, I really want to find out what's working well with their solution. So obviously it's not going to be the right time. You've got a new solution in place. You're using a new tool. Everything's working well. You're not going to buy right now. But what I want to do is potentially line up a meeting with you when I'm not cold calling you out of the blue 
so that I can take you through, you know, you can take away some value and insights. So that's what works really well for me when I'm speaking to people, prospects that are not ready to buy. I say, look, you can take away some value and insights. I'll make sure that, you know, this, that it's going to take 15 minutes. And in that first sort of 10 minutes, you'll know if this is something that, you know, you want to consider in the future. Um, but, you know, stress that, you know, even if there's no next step, I'll make sure that you that this is valuable for you and it's worth your time. All right. And Anthony, does tone play a, a role in this at all? Because, you know, I feel like tone could dictate whether you're going to get the not interested in the beginning or at the end. Or what do you think? Yeah. Um, I have a very like friendly tone just because that's like who I am and I'm like bubbly and personable, but I could also be direct. So I try to like match uh, the personality. But yeah, I think the tone is like super critical. If someone's telling me how great their situation is, like, all right, we've already got something in place. I'm like, listen, Adrian, sounds like everything's perfect. And then I'll shut up because nothing's ever perfect. I used to use that as an AE in my discovery calls. If like we went outbound to a company and they're just like ranting and raving of how great things are, I'm like, Adrian, listen, I know I called you out of the blue here. It sounds like everything's perfect. And then you empathize of being like, okay, it sounds like everything's going well. And then they may be like, yeah, well, not, everything's not perfect. I'm like, oh, what do you mean by that? Also, if they're talking about using a competitor, I want to acknowledge that. I'm like, hey, it's great to hear that you've already invested in a solution to solve X. I'm curious, like, why did you, like, why did you think it was worth uh, your investment? You know, a year ago, like, what problem were you trying to solve? And then I'll ask them, like, how is X company doing for solving that problem today. I like that. I like that. Uh, a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah. To totality is huge. You got to match them for sure. Okay. And Charlotte, you mentioned this earlier about the mirroring. And I'm seeing here that one of the most common objections is not interested, followed by we don't have a budget and we already use a competitor. So we are going to be covering all of these, which is great. Now, I saw here in the chat that someone mentioned that they're getting the not interested from a gatekeeper. Charlotte, what do you like to do in that situation? So when I get not interested from a gatekeeper, I would probably say, you know, I'm su I'd surprised I'm su I'd be surprised if you were. You haven't I haven't yet told you why I'm calling. Okay, so usually if that comes straight <laughs> straight at the start, make a joke of it again. So I'd be surprised if you were. You don't know the reason for my call yet. Love it. Okay. This is great to know. So anyone who asked about the gatekeeper, there you go. You want a really tactical fact that you haven't even gotten to explain why you're even calling in the first place and use that to try to get past them. Gatekeepers can be a tough one. So you just got to know how to deal with that scenario. Now, the next one is going to be one that I know a lot of people are facing right now. And that is, I have no budget. Times are tough. So what are you going to say in the situation? So Anthony, Let's say that you've already made your beginning uh, intro, and now we're getting to the point where you've already pit you're pitched your services, and I'm going to tell you I have no budget. So let's say we're on the phone right now. Listen, Anthony, I hear you. You offer this, but honestly, we just have no budget for this right now. Yeah, Adrian, listen, most people I speak with don't have budget allocated already when I speak to them. Otherwise, you'd be coming, at, you'd be coming to us, and I wouldn't be calling you right now. You'd be filling out a demo request, right? Um, if I'm not overstepping, when you say no budget, is that because you've allocated money to solving this problem already, or is it just not a priority? Uh, well, right now, it's just not a priority because we don't have the budget in place for uh, finding another solution. What do, you, what do you mean by that? 
So what I mean by that is that this is obviously, you know, something we thought about, but there's no money. As you know, times are tough right now. The economy, everyone is just kind of holding on. And I don't think it's a good time to towards throw money towards something else. Totally. So I guess, how are you going about solving that problem with not investing in some kind of solution? What's the well, point? Right now, we have something in place, it's more manual, but it's getting the job done. And like I said, we're trying to save the funds. So we don't have the budget to bring in something new. Yeah, that's fair. Um, when you say manual process, what does that mean? So right now, our SDRs are reaching out to people manually. We don't have any type of outreach tools. So we're just kind of doing that uh, manually because we're getting sales and we're seeing some improvement there. So I don't see the purpose of spending more money towards something if we don't need to. Yeah, totally. If if everyone's hitting their quota with your current process, um, I wouldn't want to invest money either. It sounds like the current manual process is getting everyone to their number every month. Yes. Awesome. Sounds like you're all set then. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling Anthony. And that's that. Click. Now, Anthony, I saw there that you realized that it was just not the good best fit. Is that why you decided to lead the conversation in that route? Yeah. What? A, how often do you get to hang up on a prospect? Like, <laughs> honestly, not, not, this is the, this is the truth. This is what's good. This is the reality. Not everyone is a fit for you and that's okay. You're better off spending your time and energy on people that are, right? If he just said everyone's getting to their, to their number, they don't have budget, um, it's working, right? That's why I said, like, it sounds like everyone's getting to their number every month. And if he says yes, then great. Like, I don't want them to take a meeting um, with my AE because it would just be a waste of time for my AE, right? Um, now, if they're, if they, if you responded and was like, well, like half of our team is getting to their number and it's good for like this quarter, I would be like, okay, uh, is half of your team getting to their number good enough for next quarter and the quarter after that? Is that going to help you? I know typically revenue targets increase quarter over quarter and starting to get them to think about the problem a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you said everything's going well, there's no budget, it probably wouldn't be a good use of my time or their time. So I'm better off spending that on a, a prospect that may be interested. Okay. I like that. You've got to know when to disqualify, save your time, save your company's time, and keep it moving to someone who's a better fit. Now, Charlotte, I saw here in the chat that someone said your price is too high. So we're going to go ahead with it at that angle with the, I don't have a budget for this. All right. So let's say I'm on the phone with you. You've already pitched your beginning portion. And now I'm going to just tell you, Charlotte, this sounds great, but honestly, the price point that you told me is just too high and we don't have a budget for this. Great, Adrian. So it sounds like um, you want to move ahead with this. Is it price? Is it just price that's holding you back? I don't have a budget. So honestly, yes, price is holding me back significantly. So typically, we're in these situations where you have a project that get. How, how does a project get priority when you want to do it and there is no budget? Well, honestly, we just make do with what we got. And honestly, that's how we've been moving along as a company. And, you know, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. So that's where we're at right now. I like what you offer, but I just don't have the budget for it. It sounds like what you're currently doing is is working quite well for you, that'd be fair to say. It could be better. That's why we're having this combo. That's why I haven't hung up on you yet. Um, but honestly, it's just too high what you pitched me. Uh I it's I can't I can't afford it. 
Can you, Adrian, walk me through a situation where something similar happened and you really wanted to do this and the price is too high? How do you prioritize for these kind of projects? You told me that you had a problem that you're not getting enough leads from your new website. So how are you how are you gonna fix this? Well, honestly, uh, I'm in a position where in the past I was able to bring on a new tool, but that's because they worked with me on the price point and they were able to give me a discount. Is that something you can do? So typically in this situation, um, no, we don't actually offer discounts. However, uh, given that it's a tough economic situation, what we're able to do is look at accommodating uh, a flexible payment system. So uh, what a lot of marketing VPs are doing like you is they are um, paying half now and then half at the end of the quarter. You know, this is something that could work with my company considering our payment structure. Um, so I'll tell you what, let's have another conversation for this at another time and uh, we'll just get to that at that point. Okay. All right. So I kept trying to push back as in like, it's just too high. I can't do it. Now, you mentioned that you don't offer, does your company offer discounts, Charlotte? No. Okay. <laughs> Unless no. you pay up front from the All start. Right. Yeah. Now, for those that do offer discounts as a company, what do you recommend they do to navigate the situation? Like discounting with, with the, I have no budget. Yeah. So what I would recommend, and if if they ask for a discount, what you want is, that you, you know, you're not going to give them a discount, but you are going to say, look, um, what I can do is I can give you a small discount, but you must pay, you know, so you change the payment terms. So make them pay more upfront. Um, if you pay upfront, I'll give you 5%, but you must pay upfront rather than offer two flexible payment terms, which is what I didn't do, but all right. I like how you offered that. Uh, so you get more upfront, you know, yeah. it's definitely going to count to your, your quota now, which is most important. And Anthony, I like how you mentioned the price is too high compared to what? Uh, have you used this before in negotiating or in, in the uh, objection handling? Yeah, typically like pricing, uh, pricing doesn't really come up too much on cold calls that I've been involved in. Usually this is like, you know, discovery or demos when someone tells you the price is too high you know the the easy thing and natural thing for younger aes or even sdrs to do is to try to automatically go to trying to like convince them why it's not high instead i like to understand like okay when you say the price is too high like compared to what they may want you may be looking at their incumbent solution they may be evaluating other competitors they may have heard from their CRO, like they don't have the budget. So you need to ask what that's being compared to. So then you can really start to understand where that's coming from. If they're comparing you to a competitor that doesn't have the features functionality that align with the problem they're trying to solve, then that's when you can start to call it out. But if you try to just like pitch them on something without understanding where it's coming from, you may just like completely miss the mark, right? Um, when I was at outreach, they're like, wow, this is really high compared to Salesforce. Or like, this price is really high. And I would ask them, what, what are you comparing it to? And they would say, Salesforce. 
Well, outreach is much more unique to the problem they're trying, trying to solve with outbound prospecting versus Salesforce. So that's when then I can attack that specific objection. The objection was they felt like Salesforce was good enough for them to get the job done. And that's when I had to sell against that versus the price just being too high. Okay. And I think this brings us perfectly to our next objection. We're a little short here on time. So this is going to be our final one. And that is we already use a competitor. So Charlotte, we're going to start with you. Uh, we've already gone to the end. You've already pitched your uh, product and your intro. So I'm just going to tell you, we already use a competitor. So fantastic. Yes. So, no, 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 go, go ahead. Go ahead. We already fantastic. I love to hear that. Can you tell me what are the top three things that you like about your competitor? Uh, well, they get the job done. Um, as far as I've seen, our um, the price point isn't too bad. We're able to afford it. And my team already uses it. That's great. Love to hear that. And what would make you switch from your competitor? Honestly, if you can offer me a better price, uh, then I would actually consider this. Fantastic. So it sounds like you're potentially not getting, it's not too perfect with your competitor. You're missing something. I think maybe it could be better, uh, but we do like them currently. Great. So um, what would make you want to consider our solution? If you were able to offer me another call uh, where we can go over maybe pricing and see where you could be competitive against them, it would be something I would consider. Happy to do that, Adrian. How is um, tomorrow at 2 p.m.? Okay. I like that. Let's do it. So this one was okay. simplified, got right to it. Um, Charlotte, I like how you said, what could be better? And what is it that you currently like? Now, have you found that when you kind of break down tools, it doesn't work in your favor? Like, can you just talk trash about the competitor? Um, never talk trash about the competitor. So always ask, like, I like to ask a couple of specific questions on what they like about the competitor. Because usually what they'll say is, well, this is going really well. We like the fact that, um, you know, that they can um, outsource uh, meetings for us. And, but often they'll say something like, well, it's not going a hundred percent well. We're actually missing on out on something. Uh, so they're never going to say, you know, like Anthony was mentioning before, that everything's perfect with a competitor. They're usually going to default to actually it's not going too well. Okay. All right. Now I want to move here over to the Q and A because we do have a couple of good questions here, and we have about three minutes left. So Susan here asked, "We I get this objection. We have used the same vendor for years." and are not going to make a change. Anthony, how would you respond to this? Yeah, I would say like, what makes you keep going back? Let's see, why? You know, like what 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 problem are they solving for you? Um, and then that, this is where like expertise and being a like, being a uh, expert in your industry comes into play and being able to share a story. Like, hey, totally hear that. We actually worked with uh, somewhere a customer, they were, loyal on XYZ company for a long time, but they found that A, B, and C were happening. I'm curious, have you ever run into that? Um, so you really want to understand and, and tell a story around maybe a similar customer um, after you understand like what's going really well or why do, you, why do they keep going back? You may find out that the C I had this situation when I worked at Outreach that 
the company wanted to move forward with outreach, but the CEOs were neighbors, right? That's why they kept going back. So you need to understand why, why do they keep going back, right? Is it really the best tool or do they have like exec relationships, right? So this goes back to empathy and understanding. If you try to pitch them before you understand, you're going to, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. All right. Valid point. And getting the full picture is what's really going to help you understand the deal to its entirety. Now we're running here low in the time here. So I want to know, Charlotte, where can the people find you? Find me on LinkedIn, Charlotte Lloyd forward slash sales. All right. And Anthony, where can the people find you? I'm on LinkedIn. Shoot me a message if you ever want to chat. Um, it may take me a little bit to get back to you, but I try to answer as many DMs as I can. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. We went ahead and dropped their LinkedIn's in the chat. Be sure to give them a follow. They're always posting phenomenal content. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you so much, Anthony. And thank you to everyone in the chat who has been engaging and throwing in your questions and in your requests. Thank you so much. It's been very, very important to the conversation. As always, we will have a survey after this, so be sure to fill it out. And of course, we will catch you all on the next one. See you later.